trust him tonight. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, just asking that you come and move in our hearts and our midst, Lord. Come and minister to us, Lord, as we come to the communion service. Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts. Draw us closer to you, Father. Lord, that we can trust you more and even greater, Lord, we pray. Ask now you just open your word to us, Lord. Speak to us, Father. It takes you, Lord, to move upon our hearts and our lives. Lord, it takes you to anoint. We're asking, Father, that you do it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. Turn our Bibles to Isaiah 54. Amen. It says, Behold, verse 16 says, Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy, but no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the saints of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. We'll let you be seated. You can also turn to Psalms 37 and also Proverbs 16. I'd like to speak to you again on our greatest weapon and um, that's been given to us. Amen. And uh, what a weapon we have, the Word of God. Amen. A word that we, as we heard this morning, that we can depend upon. A word that we can lean upon. A word that we can trust in our hardest and our darkest hours that we go through. Amen. And I, I just like to, there's a, you know, Brother Branham made mention of different weapons, and he'd call them the greatest weapon. He'd talk about prayer. He'd talk about the Word of God. But tonight, I would um, like to just kind of um, key in on a certain one where he said, he said, just commit it to Him. He says, the greatest weapon that I know of of a Christian today is a committal to God. When you can't do anything about it, just commit it to him and God will take care of it. Amen. What a confidence that is tonight. Amen. So if you turn to Psalms 37 and verse 5, it says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 16 and verse 3 says, commit thy works unto the Lord, and and then thy thoughts shall be established. Now, this word commit is an interesting word. It's uh, more than just, um, you know, I'm committed or I'm I'm committed myself to this. But what he's speaking of is actually used here is a word that means to roll over onto someone, to give it to someone, to uh, take it out of your hands and place it in somebody else's hands. Uh, you know, to commit it to them. It says, it means to take them off of your shoulders and put it on his shoulders. It means to take your worry and give it to him. It means to trust him. Amen. And then, you know, the devil, he would love to keep our, as long as our, our, our thoughts are, 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 can be so tore up many times and how we, we can be in one day and out another day. We can be up one day and down another day. You know, the Bible talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. 
Amen. And so Satan always is trying to come against your mind. He's trying to, uh, you know, one day your symptoms are good. The next day they're bad. One day things are going good. The next day it's bad. One day your house is in order. The next day is in disarray. One day things are going good. The next day is bad. And he's constantly trying to keep you, amen, tore up in your mind and tore up in things. But, amen, if you can commit your works or your life unto the Lord, if you can give him every part of it and say, God, I, I can't do nothing with it. I, I don't know what to do with this situation. I don't know how to handle this situation. I, I don't know where to turn to. I don't know. I, I've tried to turn this knob. I've tried to adjust this. I've tried to do this. But whatever I do is turn to nothing. I'm going to give it to you. That's when God can establish, amen, your thoughts. That's when God can bring a, a stabilization to your thoughts and your process that you go through on every day. Amen. And so when you do that, when your thoughts became become a positive confession and you begin to not look at symptoms, you begin to not look at your problems, you begin to not look at the situation around you because you can't do nothing about it anyway. And so you quit worrying about that and your thoughts become one thing and that's the word of God. Amen. And and you begin to testify. You begin to testify even though you don't feel healed, you begin to testify, I'm healed. Not because I feel healed, but because the word of God says I'm healed. Amen. You begin to testify that I'm delivered, not because I feel delivered, but because God's word declares that I'm delivered. Amen. And you begin to confess. And and he says, the father is at the right hand tonight, making intercession upon your profession. He says, now notice, it isn't how loud you cry. It isn't how hard you beat the altar or how many good deeds you do. It's your faith that saves you in the confessed word of God. It's your confession with your lips and it's coming from your heart. And he goes to work as a high priest and he begins to establish your thoughts. He begins to bring your things to pass. He begins to do as David says here in Psalms, trust him. And he begins to bring what you give to him to pass. Amen. You give him your children, he'll bring them to pass. You give him your problems, he'll bring it to pass. You give him your, your worries, he'll bring it to pass. He'll, he'll do things, he'll bring his word to pass. His word cannot fail. Amen. And so we see here in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1, he cannot do one thing for you until you believe it and you accept it and you confess it to be so. Amen. You say, well, I felt better last night, but today I'm so bad I can't hardly stand it. And he said, that's exactly when you lose your confession and you begin to drop right on down. He said, no matter who you are, how saintly you are, how godly you are, if you're a minister or a clergy or you're a deacon, whatever you are, maybe you've been a Christian for 50 years. If you go out here tomorrow and lose faith that you're a Christian and start telling people you're not a Christian anymore, you're backslid. Amen. You've lost your confession. He says, only by your confession can you be saved. It's the most powerful weapon that God has put in the hand of man. It's committal. It's a confession. That's the same thing. It'll do it every time if you believe it. Accept it on them them bases and believe it and stay with it and keep confessing it no matter what the symptoms say. Amen. See, you know what, what a lot of people look at symptoms. They go around and say, well, I don't feel any better. I don't have one thing to do with it. It's what you believe, not what you feel. Amen. Oh, if we could only learn to be a trusted servant. How many wants to be a trusted servant tonight to God? Amen. He said, if we could only learn to be a trusted servant of God, that we could commit things to God. 
It is the most powerful thing I know of is a committal. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Commit your thinking unto him. If you're sick, the doctors can't help you no more. Commit your case to God and act like it's already done. Hallelujah. Just begin to say it's already done. It doesn't matter what your symptom says. It's already done. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It's already done. It doesn't matter how bad that looks and how horrible the situation. It's already done. Amen. Something will have to take place. It just can't keep from it because God is the creator. And we know the word of God is a seed. And the seed is planted in the ground. The seed is watered. It's watered and it begins once it's watered by faith. It begins to spring forth in the life. Jesus said the word was a seed. Now, then if the seed has fallen into your heart and you'll water it, that seed by faith believing, it'll bring forth just right after its kind. So if the seed of of healing that has fell into your heart and you begin to water it with faith, it'll bring forth healing. Amen. If if the seed of deliverance has fell in your heart, (coughs) it'll bring forth deliverance if you'll water it with faith. Amen. Brother Brandon said, after 30 years of preaching, I can say this. Never one time sincerely ever asked God for anything and committed it to him. Either he gave it to me or told me why he couldn't do it. 30 years of ministry. He said, if you'll take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God that he's made, it'll bring it to pass. If you'll just simply say, it's God's word. It's not for me to figure out. It's God's business. He spoke it. That's all that's necessary. Something will take place. When you go out and you sow a a row of corn... And you can till it all up and they plant, they make this nice, beautiful patch of dirt that you've tilled up and you heal it up the right way and you do all these things and you put the seed into the earth. No farmer that knows anything goes out the next morning and digs it up to see if it's growing. They put it in there by faith. Amen. And, 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 and Brother Branham actually talks about it and we'll get to it right here. He says, every time that you look at your symptoms, you're delaying your healing. Amen. You're digging it up. Now don't, don't get me, don't get it wrong. It's not what we heard today. You know, we need to knock and keep on knocking. Knocking is not digging it up. Amen. Digging it up is when you look at something other than the word of God and you look at your symptoms you're delaying your healing. Amen. You're delaying your deliverance. Don't dig it up again. Commit it to him that promised to heal him that heals the rest of them will heal you. <laughs> Amen. When you pass through the prayer line and hands are laid upon you, the Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's what it says. It's a seed that is laid in your heart. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Amen. Don't say, well, let's see if I feel any better, if my heart's any better, my hands are. Don't do that. You're delaying it. Commit it to the ground because it's a seed and it will have to grow because the word of God is always germatized to life. Amen. Amen. 
So what does a seed do? Like a little apple tree, you'd plant it. You plant a little apple seed. It's not very big. Many times when you eat an apple, you just eat the, some, some people eat the seeds and everything. It's not that big a deal. But this little bitty seed, and you put it in the ground. But do you know every apple that that tree will ever have is in that little seed? Ain't that mind-blowing? That they can have bushel after bushel after bushel and, and, and just buckets full of apples and buckets or pears or whatever kind of tree you plant out of one little seed. It can come forth and bring, I mean, thousands of apples and thousands of leaves and limbs and, and just grow. It's incredible. It comes out of that one little seed. <clears throat> but when you set that little plant out, that little apple seed, Amen. Potentially in that little seed is every apple it will ever have. It's in the apple then. Amen. Every apple that you're going to collect off of it is right there in that little seed. Amen. And he says, when you're planted into his death, burial, and resurrection, and you're planted into Christ, and you receive the Holy Spirit life in you, everything that you ever have need of, all through the, all through the journey is in you right then. Amen. For you are the seed. <laughs> and God is in, in his word, and God will back up his word. So what does a tree do? You plant it and you begin to water it. It begins to drink. And as it drinks, it pushes out more tree. It pushes out more limbs. It pushes out more leaves. It pushes out these little flowers. It pushes out fruit. And it just begins to keep drinking and keep pushing out. Keep drinking and keep pushing out. Keep drinking and keep pushing out. That is the promise of God when it drops in your heart and you water with faith. It just keeps pushing out. It'll push this devil off of you. It'll push that devil off of you. It'll push that symptom off of you. It'll push it all away until you have a glorious victory and love divine. Christ, the Holy Ghost, the only thing we do is drink in the word of God. And it pushes out salvation. It pushes out divine healing. It pushes out glory. It pushes out everything we have need of. And it's right in us when we're planted in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> now, this is a wonderful thought here. He said, here's my, my interpretation of him being about him be, of him being the water. The, he is the inexhaustible fountain of life. In other words, this word hasn't come close to running out of power. This word has not come close to defeating devils, the end of defeating devils. Amen. It didn't come close to what it has. It is it, it, still pushing out. Its word is still unfolding in the day that we're living in. You can read the Bible and you can read things and you can read it. And all of a sudden you turn it over one day and you read the same verse you read for I don't know how many times. And it begins to push out. Amen. Why? Because he's the inexhaustible fountain of life. Amen. He says you'll never ask him too much. Woo, Jesus. You will never ask him, him too much. You can never believe him for something that's too great for him to do. Oh, come on now. You can never believe him for something that's too great. He delights. Let me get this. He delights in you believing for great things. <laughs> you can never overdo it. Could you imagine a little fish about a half inch long 
out there in the ocean. Now, wait a minute. I better think this over. I better not drink too much. Be very sparingly. I might run out this year. No, fish is not worried about that. That's never crossed his mind. I, 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 he, he couldn't do it. And he said, if a fish couldn't drain the ocean dry, he said he would come closer to draining the ocean dry than you would ex- from ex- to you would than you would to exhausting the fountains of God's goodness to you. Wow. Could you imagine a little mouse in the days of Egypt and their gardeners as Joseph would put up all of the grain and they had all the grain of the land and people were coming from miles and miles around to ask for food. And here's this little mouse and this gardener. And he's like, man, I better only eat one grain. <coughs> I better only eat one grain. I better only have one a day. All right, what was he doing? He was depriving himself. He would have never ate every grain that was there. He was depriving himself. And he said, that's exactly what's the matter with you when you don't take God in his word and ask him for big things. You are depriving yourself because he is the inexhaustible fountain of life. But you don't go to a seed and say, oh, man, my corn ain't growing. Nothing's happening. Pick, pull it over and nothing's going on. Every time you dig it up, you're delaying it. Every time you go do that, you're delaying it from coming to pass. It's going to come to pass. Just stay right there until it does. Trust in him. Amen. It may not come in your time when you want it to happen, but it's going to come. See, that's the way you do with the word of God. You just put it in the earth. Don't dig it up. Just believe it. Commit it to God. He makes it grow. Any promise that God makes, you just plant it in your heart and say, it's mine. God gave it to me. Now, you may not see the results right away. You may never see a corn crop as soon as you plant your corn, but potentially it's there. You just leave it alone and you keep watering it till it begins to grow. Don't worry about it. It's coming. It's going to break out of that dirt. It's going to bring you corn. It's coming. You just keep watering it. And you keep saying, thank you, Lord, for a harvest. Thank you, Lord, for doing what you said you was going to do. Thank you, Lord, for bringing your word to pass. I'm praising you right now. I may not see it. I may not see nothing. But I'm looking at the word of God. And it will come to pass. It has to come to pass. There ain't enough devils in hell that can keep it from coming to pass. <clears throat> like we talked about before, you can put concrete over a seed, but if it's ordained to life, it's going to come forth. There ain't nothing can stop it from coming forth. That seed can be buried under a foot of concrete. And if it's ordained to life and that sun begins to shine on it, that sun is more powerful than the concrete. That seed is more powerful than the concrete. And it begins to break forth in the life and it'll cause it to crack. It'll cause asphalt to crack apart. It'll do all kinds of things if it's ordained to life. And the word of God is ordained to life. And if you plant it in your heart, it will come to pass. Every kind of devil of doubt might try to cover it up, but it can't keep it from coming up. If you say, thank you, Lord, for fulfilling your word, I praise you right now, Lord. I thank you right now, God, you're doing exactly what you said you would do. 
Amen. God and his word. So the word of God is germatized by God himself, God and his word, so it will grow. You have to take his word, accept it, believe it, commit it, and it grows. That's right. Don't keep digging it up. You'll run it. Quit looking at your symptoms. Quit looking at the problems. Quit looking at all the things around you. Look at the promise of God. And he'll establish your, your thoughts. He'll, he'll bring it to pass. It's his word. It ain't your word. It's his word. Let it grow. Let it bring forth fruit. Faith is standing there watering it hourly. Saying, God said so. It's mine. That's the way to bring it up. God said so. It's mine. Mary, when she heard the word of the angel, she didn't know how to bring this to pass. How could she do it? She couldn't do it. But the angel said, it's going to happen. It's going to be there. You're going to receive a son. Not knowing a man. The Holy, he said, how can these things be? The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And what is born of you will be of the Holy One. You call his name Jesus. And she began to go testify of it. It wasn't a great testimony of a woman to not, you know, what? You're not, you, you, you must have committed adultery. You haven't been with Joseph. And this. But that wasn't, she had something in her heart. <clears throat> and he said, if you would just take him at his word, commit it. In other words, you take his word and you put it right back on him. It's his word. He promised he'd bring it to pass. He said he would do it. He said he would heal. He said he would deliver. He said he would set free. He said he would do these things. So I'm going to roll it right back onto him. And he fully accepts the responsibility. He is gladly taken. If you say, yes, Lord, I believe you said it. I'm going to stay here until it happens. He said, if you'll just take him at his word and start rejoicing. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Brother Timothy, I don't feel like rejoicing. I didn't say what you felt like. <laughs> We're not rejoicing about our feelings. We're not saying, oh, I feel good. Glory to God. I just feel. No, you don't always feel good. You don't always feel like an overcomer. You don't always feel up. It don't always, it ain't always like that. I know some people are, you know, they have that about them that they can just seem to be always up. You know why? Because they make the choice to be that way. And they're not, they refuse to look at those things around them. And they, 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 they look at them as though they're dead. And they praise God anyhow. <laughs> oh, what a difference it would be if you'd begin to look at your symptoms as something is dead. Not something that's taken preeminence in your life, but it's dead. Why? Because the word of God has preeminence. And his word said, I'm healed. Therefore, he kills those things around me. It's dead. <coughs> she was so happy about it. So happy that God had permitted her to be the one to carry the child. Oh, glory to God. 
I hope there's some happy people here tonight that that you're so happy God permitted you to carry this word. God allowed you to carry the word of God in this hour. Amen. And she goes up the road shouting, praising God. And here, here Elizabeth, her cousin there, was six months as a mother and nothing had moved, nothing had happened. But she had this baby now, John, to be, that was to come. And she was pretty well weird about it. And here she didn't, there was something abnormal, something wasn't going on. And she didn't know what to do. But sometime, somehow down in her heart, she still believed that no matter what the symptoms looked like, there had been a visitation of an angel to her husband, Zachariah. And he said she was going to have a child. So you know what she did? Even though she hadn't felt life, she began to knit booties for it. Begin to prepare for this child. Begin to say, yes, Lord, it's your promise. You said it. I'm going to believe it and I'm going to get ready for it. John, what color do you want the room to be? Well, it's going to be a boy. Let's paint it blue. How you want it decorated? I don't know. You know, nothing was happening yet. There wasn't no kicking, no moving, no nothing going on. But she was still preparing for it. Maybe you haven't seen a sign of your healing, but keep preparing for it. It's on the road. Hallelujah. And tonight, he says, if you, you said, that's it, you get ready for it. You get ready for it. Get the, get your blanket off your body. Get your foot on the floor. You're coming out of that wheelchair. You're coming out of that bed. Make ready for it. God made the promise and he will keep the promise. Thank you, Lord. Positive that you know what you're doing for you're standing on the promises of God. Story. Tells a story of a man in South Africa that had been born to some missionary parents, had deformed feet. And he came up there with clubbing his feet along, a little shoebox under his arm. Somebody said, what do you got there? He said, a pair of shoes. What do you expect to do with them? Are they going to be your father's? No, I'm going to wear them. Lord have mercy if we can have that just that that boldness. I'm going to wear them. What do you got there? I got a promise. Is it for somebody else? No, it's for me. I'm going to wear them. And when the service was over, he had those shoes on running down through the lot just as hard as he could go, praising God. What did he do? He took God at his word. He said so much when he was asked. He said, I've seen others coming that was crippled and that have been healed. I've seen those that are blind that can see now. And now God will not turn me down. That's the way to believe it. God won't turn you down. He can't turn you down. You're his son. You're his daughter. Come boldly before the throne of grace. <laughs> First Peter 5 and verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him. That would be pretty good. Be all right. Cast all your care on him. But it don't end there. It says, For he careth for you. Cast your cares on him. He careth for you. Put your burdens there. 
Whatever you're carrying tonight, put them on him. Roll them back over there. Say, God, I can't carry this. I've got to give it to you. He cares for you. You say, well, you don't care. Well, we can look through the Bible. We can see just how much he cares. He cared for the leper when he was there on earth. He's walking down the down down the, through through the town there, and there was this leper that was there. And I don't. I've never personally seen leprosy, but it's not a it's not a wonderful thing. It's a horrible th- disease. Sitting there with nobody that would touch him, nobody that would hug him, nobody that would give him a time of day. Down in the slime and the dirt and the filth of the street, about as low as he could go. Everybody was afraid to get around him. He was an outcast. He was cast away from the society of the city, from the church. No one wanted anything to do with him. If they'd done anything, they'd pitch him a piece of bread and let him get it out of the dirt. They wouldn't get near him. But Jesus cared for him. He walked right down where he was at and sat down beside him and said, I can just see him lay his hands upon him and say, I will be thy clean. Oh, he cared for him. When nothing else would care, he cares. When nothing else would care for you, he still cares. There was an old blind beggar with sleeves all torn, whiskers all over his face. Not nothing to eat, been begging by the gate, begging day and night. He had nothing, no, no life to live. He was born blind. But he heard of one who could open his eyes and he refused to sit there and not respond to him as he walked by. And he began to cry out, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Oh, you would have cried out too if you'd have been in that kind of condition. And you knew your only hope was walking by your path. He's here tonight. All he's waiting for someone to say, yes, Lord, have mercy on me. Come by my way, Father. Jesus cared. Stopped him in his tracks. He had his mind set on Calvary, but it stopped him right there as he heard that voice cry out. And he said, what would you, what would you, what would you that I would do for you? And I said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, thy faith has saved thee. Why? Because he cared for him. There was an immoral woman. Prostitute. So immoral to the city wouldn't have nothing to do with her. Churches would put her out. She'd come out to get her water. Had to wait to a certain time because she couldn't come with the decent women. Nobody had anything to do with it. She had been married and married and married and married and married. Now she's living with someone that ain't even her husband. Nobody cared for her. But he cared so much. And he said, I have need to go by Samaria. And he sat down on the well. And beginning to tell her the secrets of her heart. Forgive every sin and put something in her that she began to run to the city saying, come see a man who's told me these things that I've done. That's what makes him so great because he cares. Brother Branham told a story about Rosella Griffith. Such a place to where Alcoholic Anonymous wouldn't have nothing to do with her. Hospitals that wrote her name off. Don't even never come back here again. 
so low to the only thing she had left was a coat that her mother gave her and she cut it on the inside to put her bottles down there from being such an alcoholic. Laying in the gutters at nighttime. And here she was. She come to a meeting Brother Branham was at. And he says, Jesus cared so much that he moved me around and said, the woman sitting yonder, her name is Rosella Griffith. She's an alcoholic. She's been given up by the Alcohol Anonymous. They can't do nothing for her. All hope is gone. But she is now believing on him. (laughs) And thus saith the Lord from this hour on, no more alcohol. And now, today, she's a sweet, loving Christian lady. And never drank another drop. Why? Because God cares. (laughs) One day he was so weary, he could hardly go on anymore. He was so tired from the meetings and so tired from all the things and the struggles. But here come a funeral procession down through the street. And yet he cared so much that he broke through his tiredness. He broke through his weariness. And here they heard a cry, my only son, oh Jehovah, why'd you take my only son? This little heartbroken woman. And he walked over to those that was carrying the casket and he said, son, rise. Why? Because he cared and he understood for our little mother's cry. He still cares tonight. The question for us tonight is, do you care? He cares. Do you care? If you do not care, then he cannot help you. But if you care enough about yourself, he said, I've heard people make some insane remarks. I I don't care what becomes of me. Oh, my. He said, I sure care what becomes of me. I care. I believe any person in their right mind cares. I want to know what's going to happen to me. And if I know he loved me, there's no one, no one else could love me like that. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. No matter how little you are, how insignificant you are, how poor, how indifferent, how many times you tried and failed, he still cares. <clears throat> you say, well, I wonder... My mind's so tore up about things, Brother Timothy. Commit your case to God. Roll it over to Him. Commit your case to God. You say, well, I'm just worried. I, I, I don't know. There's a city of refuge for you tonight. He took your worry so you don't have to carry it. Cast your cares on him, for he careth for you. Don't you worry about your cares. That's his business. That's his business. Christ promised that he would take care of all your cares. Cast your cares on him. So what are you worried about? Worry builds up pressure. Pressure blows up. Just cast your cares on him and quit worrying about it. Let him take it. Let him do it. Let him move upon you. 
You say, well, how, how do I do it? Just trust his promise. He made the promise that he would do it even in the time of death when the death angel may come into your room. You say, oh, I'd be so nervous. You're in a refuge. You don't have to be nervous. He cares for you. We go on down. Paul Rader, Brother Brown tells a story about him. He was an organ. He was a woodcutter, cut timber. And he got real sick. They called it the Blackwater fever. Had a real super high fever. And he went into this, he called it a dream. I know you've heard the story, maybe, but just bear with me for a moment. And his boss had sent him up to cut a certain tree in a, cer- in a certain size. And he cut the tree down and he put the axe in the law. And the man's great big muscles, he began to lift. And he lifts with his legs and his arm and his back. Gets a hold of the law and he puts his knees together and just wrestles. And he's wrestling and he's wrestling and he's wrestling with this log, trying to get it back to camp. And he just couldn't simply go any further. Wore himself out. He said, I'm just so depleted. I can't move. I'm so weak. Didn't know what to do. And he's, he, he said, you know, he's been fighting this. He's been in this fever. And he's getting, the room is getting darker and darker. And when he's in this dream and he's in and out and he don't know what to do. And he, all of a sudden he hears this voice. He said, it was the sweetest voice he had ever heard. And it was the boss. He said, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, boss, I, I, I picked up trees bigger than this and walked them back to camp. I, I'm sitting here and he just got to cry and his strength was gone. And couldn't do nothing else. He said, my strength is gone. He said, Paul... What's the matter? The boss said. He said, I'm finished. I don't have no more strength. I can't go any further. I can't pick that log up. I can't move it away. I can't move away with it. He said, Paul, why are you wrestling with it anyhow? There runs a creek right along beside you. Why don't you just roll it down in the creek and get on it and ride it on down to the, to the camp? You go right on down there. And he said, just roll it and jump on it, ride it. He said, I never thought of that. When he turned around, he said he saw who his boss was. It was his real boss, Jesus. So he pushed it in the water and he jumped to straddle the log. And just as he's so happy, he began to splash in the water. He began to scream out, I'm riding it. I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. And he rode it all the way to camp. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The promise was not given to you to, for you to carry. The promise was given to you to carry you. Hallelujah. And it'll take you all the way to glory. And there's a power that is laying there that if you'll roll that promise right over into the Holy Ghost and the faith of Almighty God and you'll jump on that promise, you'll ride it all the way to victory. Hallelujah. You can begin to scream, not I'm depleted, not I'm weak, not I'm down, but I'm riding on it. I'm riding on the promise of healing. I'm riding on the promise of a body change. (laughs) There's a power that is here that'll take that promise and bring it to pass. If you'll roll it right over onto it and jump on it. (laughs) 
<laughs> Amen. That is what it was been given for. He says, would you like to ride on it tonight? How many wants to ride? Are you sick? Are you needy? Is there a sinner here that needs it? Say, pray for me. I want to ride on God's promises. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath eternal. I want to ride on that. I want to take my stand now. I want you to pray for me. Amen. God bless you. He said, anybody here without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, say, Brother Branham, I know the promise is mine. He told me over there in Acts 2.38, and I'm just going to roll it over there, and I'm going to jump on it, and I'm going to ride on it. God will bring his word to pass. Let's look at 1 Peter 4. Verse 19. I'm going to bring this to an end. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. He's a faithful creator tonight. If you're suffering tonight, he's a faithful creator. If you need a touch tonight, he's a faithful creator. He's a faithful God. He's never failed you one time. Not one time. God has been doing so many wonderful things among us. I'm not looking forward to I'm not looking forward to do nothing but get greater and greater and greater. More and more and more. I, I, I'm not looking for it to us to go down. I'm looking for us to go up. Hallelujah. Thank God we're not in the planning of the church, but we're in the harvest time. Amen. And God is bringing his word to pass in a covenant people in this hour, in this time right here. Quit wrestling with the promise. Right on it. Quit trying to carry it on your own and it's your own burden. The Lord God's a healer. The Lord God's a healer all of my disease. You're carrying it. Ride on it. Say, God, you give me this promise for me to rest upon. It's your word that's going to bring it to pass. I'm just going to roll it over on you, Lord. And I'm going to ride it all the way to my healing. I'm going to ride it all the way to my deliverance. I can read you, Brother Brown talked about your children. He said, the best thing you can do for a wayward child is commit them to God. Say, God, I can't handle it. He said, the best thing you can do for a rebellious teenager is commit it to God. Not fuss and chide with them. Commit them to God. Say, God, I've dedicated this child to you as a young baby. I've prayed over it. I've asked you for them. I'm now giving it to you. I'm riding on the promise. Let's bow our heads. Commit the keeping of your soul to a faithful creator tonight. He's more than able for whatever need. Wonder how many can say tonight, I've been wrestling with the promise. I've been trying to struggle with and carry it. 
But Lord, I want that promise to carry me now. I want to give myself to that promise. Lord, take me. Let me ride on it. Yes, Lord. Let's just play that song, Set Your Wings in the Winds of Faith. understand a wonderful brother missionary wrote that song it was brother Biscoe's church no doubt maybe come from some hard times in his life ride on the promises of God tonight rest upon them quit looking at symptoms we're looking at the things around you you can't do nothing about. So what the devil wants you to do. He wants to get your mind so unstable that you can't keep your eyes on Jesus. Say, God, turn my eyes back to you, Lord. Let me trust in you. Let me trust in a God that's never failed one time. Let me lay upon, lay myself upon the promises of God. The greatest weapon you've got is committed to God. When you commit that problem to God, Satan can no longer do anything with that problem. Tormenting is over. When you rest on the promises of God, Lord Jesus, Father, we just commit this to you, Lord. It's your word. It'll come to pass, Lord. Lord, there's been many times we struggled with things, Lord, that we didn't know what to do with. Lord, we take that promise and we roll it down the hill of Calvary into the waves of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we jump on it tonight and ride it into camp. Ride it into our healing. Ride it into our joy. Ride it into our thanksgiving. Ride it into our happiness. Ride it into our deliverance, Lord, whatever we have need of. God, we set our wings in the winds of faith commit these things to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sing that chorus. Sing it again. Set your wings.